Mr. Court, Mr. Boz, Mr. Witch, it's showtime. Danger, danger, high voltage. There is no spoon. Yes, there it is. The flying guillotine is an awesome weapon. It's not practical. It's not even aerodynamic. But it's awesome! Easy Rider is cool. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. They have fuel tanks the size of a pea. You'll get three miles out of that. Okay, okay. Could we possibly just talk about the damn movie? Obsessive Cinema Discourse. Todo ha terminado. El hombre lobo ya no existe. La historia hablará de esta época áspera y turbulenta. Pero el horror de la bestia asesina se perderá en las sombras del olvido para siempre. ¿Cómo estáis? Y bienvenido a Obsesivo Cine Discurso. Sí, I did Cine, which is the South American pronunciation. Soy vuestra anfitrón, Boz. Conmigo en este episodio, como siempre, es el brujo. Y no Y la cancha. Hola. So for those who don't know, I said, with me this evening, as always, is the witch and court. Oh. <laughs> You're supposed to do one at a time, so how are we supposed to introduce ourselves? Yes. Well, you know, I just thought I'd lay it on you. Oh. See, I, I heard Brewer, I and I went, that's witch. I knew that was me. And then you kept going, and I thought, <laughs> oh, I'm just going to wait until you finish talking. And my full <laughs> name is actually El Corto El Magnificente. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I wanted to be a bit devious, so I went with La Cancha, which is basically what you'd call a basketball court. <laughs> Fair enough. It's hard as a rock, and it has men all over it. That fits. Hey. Mm. So, yeah, the reason for me butchering that intro, ladies and gentlemen, uh, is this week we are covering the movie La Bestia y la Espada Magica, which is The Beast and the Magic Sword by Paul Nashi. Hey, Paul Nashi's on the show for the first time. Yay! Now, um, right up front, I'm gonna I'm gonna start as I mean to go on, which is in my usual ignorant way. And I knew full well that Court would know so much more about Paul Nashi than I would. I didn't even bother reading up on him, so I only know him from this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, this is such a weird film to start your Paul Nashi experience with, because it's quite late in his career. Um, this is almost like a Renaissance resurgence film for him. Uh, in his career so it's really interesting that this is the first one and kind of only one you're experienced with yeah it just came across I, I can't remember where I got it was like a hooky DVD version I don't know where it came from um, it had a werewolf and a sword <laughs> and I'm like you, you had me at wolf and sword <laughs> that's the new name of my metal band wolf and sword <laughs> <laughs> I should also say that throughout this episode, I will be using the word woof, because I, I don't know if it's intentional, but whenever you talk about a werewolf on Cinema Psyops, it does sound like you say woof, W-U-F-F. Is that correct? Who, me specifically? I say wolf? Yes. Um, <laughs> I usually try to go for the werewolf, their wolf, were castle, <laughs> their castle kind of <laughs> joke when I'm doing it, oh, so okay. I, that may be why I'm pronouncing it that way, but that could ah, also okay. be my Appalachia steeping through. Well, that's what I wasn't sure about, but it always makes me chuckle when I listen to you talk about woofs. So, um... Yeah, I do. It's woofs. I do say woofs. I don't go wolves. I don't do the full pronunciation, <laughs> and that is fully my Appalachia coming out. Because yeah, okay. words are hard. Words are hard. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you got a mouthful of moonshine that's like 2,000 proof. <laughs> <laughs> 
And for the witch, he just fucking woke up. So there we are. Yeah, I just woke up, so I can't even use proper words at all. <laughs> and yet he will give me shit for always saying wolves. <laughs> yeah. So, to synopsisize this movie, uh, I don't even know what year it was made. I've done that much research. In the 16th century, the lycanthrope Voldemar Daninsky goes from his native Europe to Japan seeking a way to cure himself of being a werewolf. Only a Japanese sorcerer named Kian and a magic silver sword can save him. So, um, as ever, <laughs> assuming we all love this movie, or not, um, <laughs> let, let, let's hear the, the opening comments from you chaps. So, uh, which would you like to go first? Because we made you get up so early. So, um, I, look, I actually do like this movie. It's, it's anytime there's an opportunity for a bit of, uh, bit of samurai work on there. And, you know, you add in a werewolf, and I'm thinking extra bonus. Um, hmm. There are, look, there are issues. <laughs> there are definitely issues. It took me a while to get used to um, Spanish-speaking samurai, I've got to be honest. <laughs> that, that, that was a little off-putting. Um, they're good at it, though, aren't they? They are very good. They're very fluid. <laughs> yeah. Very, very fluid in, Jap- in uh, <laughs> Spanish-Japanese. Um, it's almost as me. though they've been dubbed into Spanish from <laughs> almost, Japanese. almost as if yes, it was quite amazing. Uh, mm, I think that ass. I, I think the one thing that really stood out for me was the amazing amount of racism in this movie. <laughs> that's one of my notes. So keep your powder dry on that one. Just, nah. that, that, that's just one of my special loves. In this was racism because Australians are all terrible xenophobes. Um, as we, we know from talking to you. That's, that's exactly it. But all, overall, I actually really enjoyed this movie. It, it is, it's a good laugh. You just you, you just write it. There's no point trying to think about it or explain it. you just got to write it out. Mm. Uh, cool. Well, given that it is a Paul Nashie film that he not only wrote and directed, my Paul Nashie love refuses to allow me to accept anything other than I love this film. <laughs> <laughs> All Paul Nashie films are perfection. No, obviously it has its problems. Obviously it has some things that we're going to be able to nitpick and get into. But this is the epitome of like drive-in awesome cinema for me. I wish I could have seen this at a lot younger age than what I did. Man, oh, if, I, too. if I could have caught this on like late night cable or something like that on like a USA Up All Night or something as a kid, yeah. I would be so obsessed with this film because... This literally checks every box I want in a movie, which is one of the things that I love about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if um, extraneous dialogue is your thing, then it's it's fantastic. <laughs> well, besides the fact that there is extraneous dialogue that's in the film, there's some serious exploitative elements that are mixed in with mm. other things. I mean, I'm not going to go too deep into it because obviously we're going to start digging into our notes a lot more, but there's action pieces in this film that... If you would have told me as a kid, like, hey, so you're going to see this movie where X happens and then, you know, like a werewolf ends up fighting a tiger for one of them. That's on the on one of the posters. So that's not a big surprise. But if you would have told me there is a movie where a werewolf fights a tiger and also ninjas, I would have been like, fuck, yes, I need to see this. Why have I not gotten this in my eyeballs yet? Just shut up and take my money. Just shut up and take my money. Yeah. 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 Give me seven copies of this. I want it now. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it it was a complete surprise to me. I say I I bought it based on the title, and I was told there's a werewolf in it and samurais. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> sign me up. Um, it 
I mean, it's long, and it does fit. Unfortunately, even with the good action scenes and stuff, it does feel long. But it didn't stop me ending up loving this movie. Uh, I, again, not wanting to drill into too much detail, but it, it it makes you it makes you desire the next set piece, and then when it comes along, it doesn't let you down. Um, so you do come out of it very satisfied. <laughs> so should we drill into it a bit? So um, it it sort of starts way before our title character um Voldemar who I think that is that German for Voldemort sure uh, it's no <laughs> Voldemar Daninsky is kind of he's I think the guys from the Nashi cast dubbed him the uh Doctor Who of werewolves because he exists in multiple times and places and has multiple oh, storylines and stuff like that he's kind of like a tra- <laughs> okay. he's like a time traveling werewolf and it's always like a curse that is in this family uh, the reason why his name is Waldemar Daninsky, he has to be a Polish werewolf because there is no monsters in Franco's Spain. And that's where he got his oh, career start. There's yeah. no monsters in Franco's Spain. There's mm. no supernatural evil. Franco's Spain is the ideal world to be. Mm. And so he had to kind of fight against a lot of that kind of stuff. And by that point, the character had already gotten his name and his origins. So... Now she started playing around with that a little bit throughout his career. Okay. Oh, cool. Well, I'm still going to call him Voldemort, and then when he turns into the werewolf, I'm going to call him Voldewolf. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's spelled W-U-L-F like I pronounce it with my Appalachia. Wolf. No, no, I do it W-U-F-F. Oh. So wolf. Because w- w- that's what I hear when you say it. Oh. <laughs> a well, werewolf. Yeah, <laughs> more, more Lord Flashheart than um, anything else. By name, Flash by nature. <laughs> Hooray! Hooray! Where have you been? Where haven't I been? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's all. Ah, of course, of course. <laughs> A slack bladder reference. Yeah, I should have realised. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so we we start with his ancestor, basically, as his ancestor gets gets cursed. Very late on after a lot of story and the first big fight which has the arguably the best papier-mâché head I've ever seen <laughs> well one of the things that you get struck with right off the bat is what Witch was talking about earlier there is some serious xenophobic and racist white dudes and old white dudes at that yeah. and they're sitting there in power and they're always there it's like the type that just need to be removed they're in almost every fantasy movie they're the ones that always start the big wars and that's mm-hmm. right where the film starts off. And Daninsky's ancestor works for these guys, so I would submit to you, kind of deserve the curse. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you're glossing over a key element, which is that he's a bit of a perv too, because he wants the king's youngest daughter. And by goes, she's young. Mm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that really doesn't hold up over time now, does it? <laughs> no, no. Even the king's a bit, really? My youngest daughter? It's just like, you see her and go, oh, no, that's a little creepy, Barge, man. Yeah, but you couldn't tell. He's actually only 22 under that beard. Yeah, he, he's lived hard. He's lived hard. Cutting off paper mache heads really takes it out of you. Yeah. Hashtag time's up, Daninsky. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we get this this big fight basically to because he wants his daughter's hand in marriage um and they're like a kind of clan that live nearby i i didn't really catch that 
they looked like the Mongols to me. It looked like it was they a did. Mongol horde that was coming too far east, and mm. that's what the leader was. And it was one of those battles where it was like the leader was being detained for crimes against the crown or something like that. And then mm. that particular guy just, for whatever reason, hired Daninsky, who is supposed to be the ancestor. Daninsky is like this great fighter, and he's he was a paladin. To- he was a paladin. A paladin, yes, uh, yes, he was. He was yeah. a paladin because because the guys from the east, um, there was a curse that if he didn't if he didn't die in battle, then he, he, whichever country killed him, all their people would be cursed and everything else. So he had to be killed by a paladin or a, a holy mm. warrior. Yeah, I just thought it was more xenophobic rubbish. <laughs> they went, let's well, find the most foreign looking guy we can find. There he is. That'll do. Well, and it also could be just a way to kind of bring in the fact that parts of the East are making it to this particular nation. So, of course, he will hear tell of these strange mystics in the faraway land of Japan that he can, you know, (laughs) end up sowing his seed over there, if you will, and then also get his curse lifted later on. Uh, There's probably a historical reason for this. Nashi was a really well-read guy. I don't know it off the top of my head, but usually whenever he put this kind of detail into his films or his stories that he would create, it was because of that specific reason that he was really well read. And he was almost like bragging like, hey, I know about this. Did you? Uh, Okay. (laughs) The answer to me is always no. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. (laughs) You know, we we, we call this show OCD. And uh, what you got to remember, ladies and gentlemen, is... Yes, I might be a bit OCD about certain things, but I'm also fucking lazy. <laughs> so, <laughs> they kind of cancel each other out. And I think that's the most important part. That's exactly it. Laziness <laughs> is no good unless it's well carried out, I think. Well, exactly. Yes. You are obsessive about your laziness and also compulsive as when to hit. <laughs> yes. Um, so, so arguably, this whole this whole bit at the beginning could have just been covered with one paragraph of text before the rest of the movie. Mm. <laughs> so it, it does do that, making it much longer, um, which is good if that's what you're in for. So after this, we get this... Um, the curse gets laid on the, the pregnant young girl, and obviously that's then the curse for the, the, the line. So it, it does then come up with a small line, which I think translates wonderfully from the Spanish. So normally it sounds better the other way around, um, but it's centuries pass and the diabolical malediction was inexorably fulfilled. <laughs> That's like the best doomsay line ever, isn't it? Well, isn't the curse given by stabbing the pregnant wife in the stomach with a wolf skull teeth? Like, that's pretty fucking amazing. Yeah, true, yeah. actually, yes. Yeah. I did overlook that slightly. And also, we have to point out, too, there is prominently displayed gray wool sweaters like cut and to fit around people's heads and stuff to be replacement for chainmail. I don't know if you guys noticed that or not. <laughs> oh, I did not. Uh, yeah. Uh, did you also notice too that the castle guards at the very beginning gave us a lot of dialogue because they're bigger gossips than a sewing circle? Oh my god! <laughs> it's just like, did you know? Oh my god! Really? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. While they're standing there, you know. We're not allowed to let him leave. (laughs) (laughs) So we don't go until you leave. You left the room. (laughs) Make sure the prince doesn't leave this room until I come and get him. Not to leave the room, even if you come and get him. No, no. Until I come and get him. Until you come and get him, we're not to enter the room. Oh, I didn't think of that parallel. That's brilliant. (laughs) 
So after this, we end up, um, where the fuck do we end up? Oh, sort of back in Toledo in Spain in the 16th century. And, uh, uh, our protagonist is there and quite well grown up. I mean, he's done he's done well to be the age he is, given his malediction. That <laughs> um, <laughs> he hasn't been hunted down and killed before now, and there are people actually left in the town in which he lives. Uh, he's doing pretty well. Hmm. That's well, usually it, how it works. Yeah, and, and as we learn later, he has got a particular taste. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I also wanted to point out to uh, the ancestor Daninsky. I don't know if you guys noticed this one or not, but he's such a stud. He actually ended up knocking up his wife before they even had sex. Yes. <laughs> See, that's just showing he's potent as all get out. <laughs> he looks at her and she's got like two babies on the way. Yeah. <laughs> and can't walk for a week. <laughs> <laughs> they did sort of gloss over that, didn't they? <laughs> um, so we do get the story he has been looking for a cure to this problem and which has brought him to where he is and a, uh, a very well respected in some circles uh, Jewish scholar is he, is he a scholar is he a holy man is he again I didn't he's really... a scholar he's a scholar yeah okay thought so um, and we get our nice little dose of anti-semitism at this point in the movie pretty harsh well, you know, it, it is uh, it is Torquemada, Spain, I'm guessing, at that point in time. So, mm, Jewish holy man, probably not, you know, the most uh, in-the-box Catholic. <laughs> I thought he was like an so alchemist. Welcome. He's like this... It's kind of convoluted how this all works, including the curse, right? The mm. lady goes through this... The lady who does... The witch who does the curse before she hits the lady with the dog skull that's supposed to be a wolf skull ends yeah. up going through this convoluted thing about the curse and it's so convoluted to like the seventh sun on the seventh night of the seventh day with the <laughs> seventh full moon and like she goes through this whole entire litany and I'm like this seems highly unlikely you're ever going to get this fulfilled shouldn't you keep your curse simple like <laughs> yeah. your entire line from here on out shall be cursed with werewolfism dog skull smack call it a day and she calls on phantasmas and everything else and, and yeah. has the best the best pronunciation. In fact, I'm going to drop it in because I love it so much. It's Beelzebub. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Belzebub. Belial. Whenever Paul Nashi does occult stuff in his films, he always pays special attention to it. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, it was it was a good little mantra. Yeah, black, black magic shouldn't <laughs> be translated. It should stay in, in its native Spanish. <laughs> I <laughs> love it. Um, so basically, again, there's just lots of dialogue about this, and then this is happening, and this guy's doing this, and then there's plot forms to go and basically sort them all out, really. And they they send in. Are they? They're not of the Inquisition, are they? No. I, I, they're like they're like a pre-visit, like KKK splinter group of the. Inquisition. Yeah, more like angry mob. Yeah, angry mob villagers, pitchforks, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, burn the witch, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So we get a. I think this is the. Is this the only time we see him fight not as um, Volderwolf? <laughs> uh, this version of Daninsky, yes, because we saw his ancestor fight, but this one we only really see him fight as himself here. He helps other people defend themselves whenever there's like onslaughts, but. 
mostly this is him defending his own. Did you guys also notice the alchemist's niece is Daredevil, by the way? She's, like, amazingly blind. Oh, She's, yeah. like, skilled. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If she'd had the sticks and everything else and done a couple of somersaults, totally would have nailed it. Nailed yeah. It. What freaked me out is the other lady whose name I can't remember. She looks exactly like my friend Jenny, which is really weird. <laughs> watching this movie. So. That's such a specific reference that doesn't help any of us, mate. I've got to be honest. <laughs> Um, I'm glad yeah, that she I looks like in your friend Jenny. Um, <laughs> Jenny, well done. So, uh, yeah, and <laughs> congratulations for looking like a lovely lady from a 1983 Spanish horror film. It's well done, Co-produced Jenny. by Japan. Yes. Good work. Yeah. Uh, so basically the upshot of this fight is our um, scholarly alchemist ends up a bit pincushiony. Um, <laughs> and tells him there's one other man in the world who can help you. You need to go to feudal Japan. Actually, it's not feudal Japan, is it? It's settled yeah. Japan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's nothing but, feudal about Japan ever. No, <laughs> more argumentative. But, <laughs> so my question on this, knowing fuck all about history and anything, is in the 16th century, would people have genuinely known or have the resources to get from Spain to Japan? It's a fuck of a long way. Yeah. Poland. He's Daninsky, so it's probably Poland. It's just because it was shot in Spain. It can't take place in Spain. Yeah. Although in the 80s, there was some lightening of that uh, because of Franco's reign being over with. But there's mm. still some traditions that you had to kind of stick with to get your movies made. And since he was already a Polish werewolf, he's always going to be taking place in Poland. Almost always. Right. <laughs> but back to the question, historically speaking, yes, there were trade routes into Japan. Okay. I think it, yeah. I know fuck all about history. I'm just coming off as a moron with this episode. <laughs> well, I mean, movie, T bro. had to make it. T had to make it. You know, east or, or west or however you want to look at it, depending upon where it was coming from, from like China and everything like that. There were trade routes, and I'm sure the Mongols fucked with that. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah, there were there were overlands, but to get into Japan, um, the the Spanish had gone into Japan uh, to get silk and a whole bunch of other stuff. Were they sailed? Oh, yeah, because there's that road, isn't there? The Silk Road, yeah. <laughs> and wouldn't they have sailed probably around the tip of Africa to get to Japan, too, from Spain? Uh, yeah, probably. Uh, so the whole, see, the whole Marco Polo thing, like Marco Polo went to went to Japan. Mm. So, you know, you, 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 you're talking about the right sort of time scale. I, honestly, I don't know that much um, about Japan. Uh, Japanese trade routes, strangely, uh, but <laughs> well, why not? Which you're supposed to be educated. <laughs> Look, I'm educated as good as the next guy. All right, <laughs> I know the lo- I know the books. Learning, yeah, good. And you're closer to them than we are. <laughs> they had stuff. <laughs> no, it it fits within the history time frame. I'm yeah, sure it, it does. It's okay because I mean there was a lot of travel going on, even if it was those trade routes where they would be. Uh, going back and forth because even England was starting to meddle in that area over there like India, China and Japan around mm. the same time frame that this supposedly takes place for his you know his descendant uh, is cursed so the, no, the English didn't end up in into Japan until nearly the 7th, 9th, 8th century it was much later we had further to go and so was, you are educated it good was into, it was into China and, and um, India first Anyway, moving on from that, <laughs> all I know is that the primary exports to Japan are rice and kaiju. 
<laughs> and sometimes kaiju made out of rice. That's right. Mm, rice kaiju. Now that would have made this film interesting. <laughs> Giant rice kaiju. <laughs> yeah. Writing so, that down right now, that's my next movie. <laughs> uh, so what I love about this guy is basically each time in the movie he relocates to somewhere. He relocates and then we join him six, eight months later. So there's a trail of death and destruction already. The hmm. rumours are abound that something horrible's happening. He's arrived and made his mark. Yeah, he's not good at keeping a low profile. He's not, he's really not. not good at keeping a low profile at all. And because he doesn't want to really hurt anyone, you'd think he'd have found a way of, you know, well, I suppose many werewolf movies have done it over the years, of like, I don't know, chaining himself up or locking himself away, but <laughs> we learned quite quickly the werewolf in this movie is, like, fucking indestructible. Um, He's kind of like a Terminator werewolf, isn't he? <laughs> that is a way a lot of Nashi's werewolves are. They're pretty damn inde- indestructible and... Even if they get killed, the only way to kill them, there's always some kind of special convoluted thing. Usually it has to be like a silver cross that, you know, ends in a dagger that pierces his heart and has to be left there. Because the only way in a lot of these films you can truly kill the werewolf and his stuff is if someone who loves him pierces his heart with something made of silver or something along those lines. But it always has to be... it's, It's kind of a romanticized version of the way that it works and also an excuse that... Even though the werewolf may be taken down in one film, if it wasn't someone who truly loved him, they can always come back. Even though the stories don't have crossover between that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, every time he dies, that's usually, like, that's the end of that version of Daninsky, and then every new movie, it's a different version with a different uh, sort of reboot of how the character got made into a werewolf. As we sort of responsible for this current movie climate we're in, I see so many, like, shitty, low-budget horror movies that are just not very good and they have a bad guy or a monster or something and then they they don't kill them off properly yeah. or, or you don't get a satisfying bad guy death because oh gotta leave it open for the sequel no one's gonna give you fucking money for a sequel get out sorry hulk sorry. <laughs> i don't but think he's responsible for that because no. that's been going on for a very long time before <laughs> nashi and it'll go on for a very long time after yes yeah. there, there will always be people ready to make shitty movies <laughs> particularly trying to get sequels out of them with a running character that they think will be the next Freddy Krueger or whatever. Yes, mm. yes. Now, just just coming back to the whole, you know, it's very difficult to kill him and everything else. When the the note came up to say that he had a pentagram scar on his chest over his heart, I went, mm. that's kind of cool. What I didn't expect was an actual five-sided shape on his chest. I expected a star. Uh, yeah, that's kind of a thing that they've been doing for a while too. They don't actually show the full pentacle, and I they there's a thing that goes back and forth between pentagon, pentagram, all sorts of weird things like that. But the the pentagon shape is as opposed to the full pentacle. Yeah, it would have been cool. It would have been cool if he transforms and there's like a missing spot in the fur that's a pentagram or something. Maybe I don't know, but hmm. it's just a weird thing that always goes on with the Nashi movies too. Yeah, I, I was just sort of because obviously there's there's the whole bath scene um, which we haven't got to yet, but it's just sort of that's just weird. It just oddly specific. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I sh- 
Oh, okay. I, I, just, I wanted to point out, too, the werewolf attacking people in Feudal Japan does look pretty awesome. The only problem that I have with that is he also looks like a fluffy panda bear, and is that because it was co-funded <laughs> by Japanese people They needed to have him be cutesy? <laughs> well, uh, my first thought was, aren't you a little short for a werewolf? He's <laughs> 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 tiny. Well, but he's husky, and I think that makes up for it. Oh, yeah, he does, definitely. He, he was a world-renowned bodybuilder before he got into acting. He actually won a ton of trophies for bodybuilding competitions, things like that. Oh, yeah, this was a bit after that, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yes. A bitch. Yeah. He's, he's a bit older of a man here. This is 1983, and we're talking his competition days were like the 60s, so let's see how you look in about another 20 years. Yeah, it's, it's, it's dos o tres paes más tarde. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. Yes. <laughs> Whatever you said in Spanish, if it was bad against Nashi, then fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I just said it was two or three paes later. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so it's thirty-two minutes before we see the fucking werewolf. Yeah, it's a really <laughs> it's quite, long time. That's a lot of talking about who he's killed, what he's done before we actually get to see him. And then when he turns up, it did take me by surprise a little bit because he has this kind of hilarious snarl, which I find a little bit too high-pitched. So he sounds like a pissed-off chihuahua to me. Uh, but- see, I wrote asthmatic pug. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I love you. Um- <laughs> Yeah, I can't deny that the snarl doesn't really work in this film. I'm not gonna not gonna try and deny that at all. Yeah, it's it. <laughs> and he it, really likes it, the the taste of prostitutes. That's what really room yeah. room full of people, and he goes straight for the prostitutes. <laughs> oh, sorry, more like. <laughs> yeah. Well, when Nashi does his thing, he's always doing some neck chomping, and then he never continues to devour the victims. Oh. He just chomps on that sweet prostitute neck meat and moves mm. on. Yeah. Yes. He's quite a bit vampiric in that way, isn't he? He's yeah. just like, I just want that fresh first squirt of arterial blood, and I'm <laughs> yeah, that's right. On to the next. Tasty. I think it's more along the lines of like just wanton killing, where it's truly a monster. It's not an animal that's doing this for food. It's killing just yeah. wantonly, I think, is the idea. Hmm. Uh. That, that does make sense, actually. But there, uh, there were survivors out of that, is what I what I saw, and I'm going. But like harking back to werewolf law, does that not mean that he's turned them into werewolves as well? I guess yeah. this curse is different than your normal, typical werewolf curse, where it gets passed on by the bite. Uh, so it, it's, it's, it's purely his gen- bloodline, isn't it's it? It's purely genetic. So again, xenophobic. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> uh, so um, we we do get we we uh, what I love is that we get a kill of some samurais in the woods before we get to see the werewolf, which is the you know the scary camera in the woods kills everybody, mm. as if we didn't know what that was going to end up being that did the killings. Um, and, and then we fast forward to the uh, you know the indoorsy bit, and you know like you say, straight for a young lady, um, tasty, whip her top off, grab her neck, and bite. So, first instance of boobies! Yes. <laughs> 31 minutes, to be exact. <laughs> That's funny, because my next note is, which is happy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Not going to lie. Is this, are, we, are we at the topless female knife fighting section? Because that was fucking amazing. Yeah. No, not yet. Not yet. Uh, <laughs> Keep sorry. <had> a dry. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> 
Well, we have to introduce our sort of our next. Is I suppose he's sort of the he's the protagonist for the Japanese side of things, isn't he? Yeah, that's probably um, the easiest way to describe. And he's been sort of investigating the deaths and trying to work out what's going on. And um, he, he's a he's a very interesting looking chap because he's he's like a really early Klingon. Like the bumps are just starting between his eyebrows, um, and and his hairline looks like his hair is trying to buy up the rest of the real estate on his face. It's, it's a really interesting look. Such a bitch. Sorry. He was the um, nephew, right, of the the guy in charge of where they're at. Like, and he's also supposed to be the lead investigator of that police force. Yeah, for whatever it is. Right. Yeah, he was the nephew yeah. nephew of the general, and obviously the general had been um, tasked. With, with finding what was El Hombre Lobo, and um, that was terrible. Oh. El Hombre Lobo. <laughs> El Hombre. El Hombre. See, I've got a cold. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> El Hombre Lobo. Don't pronounce the H. Sorry. El Hombre Lobo. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Yep. Only took three tries. I'm landing. Um, yeah, no, he was his nephew, and yeah, but. He obviously was there because he was a, a learned man, a man of science. <laughs> and he, he sees our werewolf on the roof after the deed is done at, at this place. And they, they have a little staring competition, which tips him off that there's something sinister afoot. Uh, Appall then, in this case. Hmm? It's a werewolf. It's a paw in this case. <laughs> oh, fucking Skype ruined that. So I'm gonna put a tumbleweed in there. Um, <laughs> just be a bitch. So he he sort of reports back, doesn't he? That he's that this is a this is some kind of beast, a monster, whatever. But well, he, he takes and, a a print, a cast of the print. He, goes, he does, yes. That's right. Mm. Which I thought was very clever, despite the fact that he saw it. We get introduced to his. Uh, I, I didn't get the rank of the other guy with the eye patch. Um, who I, I unfortunately the only th- thing I could come up with to describe him is that he suffers from resting cunt face. <laughs> <laughs> he pulls the most hilarious facial expressions, but he just looks like a cunt. There's no other word for it. Yes, he was in charge of the ninjas. He was the chief assassin. Was that his actual role? Because I thought like he, I thought his official role was something more sort of police based sort of thing. Well, he, he, sort of... he was referred to as the captain. Yes, th- that was it. The captain. Yes. But actually has a secret team of ninjas. <laughs> doesn't, Which is cool. Doesn't every captain? Yeah, in Japan, you pretty much always have to have your own secret team of ninjas. I mean, I think they're issued to you whenever you get a higher station. That's right. You get a rank. Here's your ninjas. Well done. <laughs> and while you're at it, you've done such a good job in your lower ranks, we're going to give you additional ninjas as a bonus. Yes. <laughs> but unfortunately, you also have to wear an eye patch. Well, yeah, that's a Jubei kind of thing where you're going to be a hero with an eye patch. Yeah. You know, because you clearly you weren't as good at battle as you were, but you become better. Therefore, now you have one good eye left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you're going to be evil, an eye patch really helps. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. That's... Evil and eye patches, they go hand in hand. As a matter of fact, I should start wearing an eye patch. I'm so evil. Mm. <laughs> so he he pretty quickly puts together that these these strange new people in town from Spain, um, who who weirdly speak exactly as good Spanish as everybody in Japan does. Yes, um, <laughs> who have been there for be, easily six months or so. <laughs> easily, 
Um, and the killings have been going on for roughly six months or so. Hmm. Yeah, so he basically goes and has a chat, and again, we get lots of extraneous dialogues, basically. I'm cursed, you're special. Oh, you're actually the guy I've been sent here to find. Um, can you help me? Yes. I'm going to do a concoction, blah, blah, blah. Um, but the first thing we're going to do is take you to the public baths. Mm. Yay! Wash the evil away? I didn't really quite understand what that was all about. Uh, he had to be in a hot springs because, like every anime, your heroes always need to be in a hot springs at some point. <laughs> Is it? It's hot springs. It looked kind of like someone had just put a whole lot of terps out and cleaned a whole lot of paintbrushes and just tipped it all in there. Hey, come on! That's uh, all they could afford. <laughs> and actually, if the um, depending on what sort of hot springs it was, that is oddly not unusual. Oh, okay. So, so uh, there's. I'm trying to think what the actual um, properties and the is it uh, might even be magnesium or something. It's that's like it. some kind of mineral that's in the yeah, rock that's that in the, the water rock. goes yeah, through. Yeah, we'll turn that. Color. Oh, I know what that's called. Yeah, it's. I don't know. Yeah, it's called. Um, it's called eyed me boobs. Ah, <laughs> yes, yes, the ancient eyed me boobs. Uh, unless I, I like it. boobs. Yeah, I like boobs. I like boobs. <laughs> Have you got boobs? We should hang out. We should should hang out. I like boobs too. (laughs) We should hang out. (laughs) So, um, like, what what tips him off that the nice lady, the other side of the rocks, who's just randomly bathing on her own topless with other people around? Like, I thought, like, Japan was so super reserved that that sort of thing would never go on. Um, I guess it depends upon her station. She may be lowly enough that it doesn't matter that she's just there. Hmm. She oh, okay. she she could be a knob scrubber, because um, because <laughs> Nash, had a knob scrubber and um, she, as he should he's fucking Paul Nashy. That's exactly <laughs> it. So you know she just could have been on a knob scrubbing break, and uh, <laughs> her arms were tired. She needed to rest them from all the knob scrubbing. <laughs> that's exactly it, right? So you know, and, and I, I think yeah, Kian just went. Hang on, uh, my knob is not sufficiently scrubbed. Get back in. And then it all turned out. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a bit Mortal Kombat, wasn't it? <laughs> Get over here! <laughs> but what tipped him off? Because she sort of looked at him, picked up a towel, covered her, made herself modest, and went to leave the pool. Like, what tipped him off that she was actually a secret assassin? Because she looked at him and didn't avert her eyes and giggle covering her mouth. Yes. <gasps> oh, I see. Yes. Of course. Or didn't hold up her knob scrubbing brush to go, look, see, knob scrubber. <laughs> <laughs> You Sorry, just want to say so knob much. scrubbing as much as you possibly can, don't you, yeah, witch? Pretty much. Uh, I want the opportunity to say knob scrubber as much as possible. <laughs> I would title the episode that if we did that with this show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so basically, he has a, a scrap with her. She pulls a knife and... Um, I don't know. Is, is she a ninja? I, I, she was yeah, a pretty shit ninja. She's but then, a ninja. Let's face it. <laughs> The, the, the fighting skills of the ninjas does leave a little bit to be desired, generally, in this movie. Yes. I don't think they could afford the good kind of ninjas. They only could afford the <laughs> stage-type, over-dramatic actors who ended up in this film kind of ninjas. Yeah. The the magic blood, no blood ninjas. Um, yes. That are in this film. Because if you get hit in the boob with a shuriken, blood. Any other wound, no blood. No blood. No yeah. blood. Um, All the like, blood is in their boobs. If you, it, or samurais as well. You get a sword from you know crotch to <laughs> from crotch to nose. Uh, no blood. Yep. Well, um, they don't have boobs. 
<laughs> that shuriken that hits her in the chest. Yeah. They show you a nice shot of the prosthetics there. So you get a nice boob shot with a shuriken stuck in above it. And I'm looking at how deep this thing is. I'm thinking, that maybe, maybe scratched a rib. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently she's dead. It really hurt, all right? It really, really hurt. <laughs> it severed a major artery in her breast. Yes. <laughs> and caused her to die of shock. She was She was not only... It was shame, because she went, Oh, my boobs! And then got stabbed, and it was it was shock, shame, and uh, a large blood vessel in her breast. That's and if it was modern it. day, it could have been silicone poisoning, too. Mm. Ah. Yes. I thank you for clearing that up, chaps. That's right. <laughs> You're welcome. Any time that I can actually sit there and obsess over a boob with a shuriken stuck out of it, it's a good yeah. time for me. Absolutely. Look, I've spent five minutes saying knob scrubber, so um, I think we're all on a good page. <laughs> I think this episode's a success, guys. We can call it quits now, right? Yeah, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, he then gets attacked by several other ninjas, which he dispatches all too easily, considering he's completely fucking un- unarmed and half-naked. <laughs> um, and then we find out that uh, Ken Watanabe's dad, or <laughs> rest, resting cunt face, as I call him, um, was behind the ninjas, and they have a fight. And they were like, well, that was violent and unnecessary, and he's dead now. <laughs> bloodless. He died completely bloodless. <laughs> completely bloodless, but he did have a really cool hat. Hmm. He did have a good So, I always end up doing this. I never intend to go through the movie blow by blow, but I fucking end up doing it. I don't know why. Sorry. Um, and it's completely different than the format of this show, which is making all of my notes useless. Yay! Yay! <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I've actually had to cut back to my raw notes just so I can follow along. <laughs> right. Well, let's... Let's go back to our normal show format. I'm just going to pull it there. No, 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 no. You'll put us on this path now. This is... You finish this disaster, goddammit. Yes. Don't make me say knob scrubber again. Within the last five fucking months. Yes, I know that was my fault too. Oh, God, I'm just digging myself a deeper hole here. Knob scrubber. (laughs) Same time, witch. Three, two, one. Knob scrubber. Knob scrubber. I'll edit it together so it sounds like you didn't just fuck that up. Yeah, sorry. That was Skype's fault. Oh, no, scrubber. scrubber. Yeah, Scott did it. <laughs> so where do we go from there? Uh, yeah, so scrubber. He's dead. <laughs> um, basically, his his cure doesn't work. Um, the the magical Tibetan flowers. People. Yeah. Yes. I think that was it, supposed it, to be Wolfsbane, right? I guess. Right. That's like a werewolf lore thing. Wolfsbane, you know that has, that plays prominently in a lot of different werewolf movies so yeah mm. I, I'm gonna call potentially um biological bullshit on that one because I don't think all Spain grows in Japan <laughs> let alone in Tibet that's just their version of isn't it it's like it was just yeah. a flower come on it was like just re- a flower it's region 2 Wolfsbane. Well, <laughs> clearly, it doesn't work, so it's not the proper Wolfsbane. That's so sad. No. It's just <laughs> shit. Um, All right, he, just, he the- had it in a cupboard and went, I wonder if he'll drink this. <laughs> <laughs> this blue flower tea is going bad. I should get him to drink it and say it's a cure. Just tell him it's magical. It'll work. <laughs> Yeah, he still doesn't fuck off. So uh, one of his ladies is walking home and meets a... It, it's a bit like the... um, <laughs> Was it the man from scene two or five in <laughs> Three, sir? <laughs> 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 
He basically gives us our, no, he must be stabbed through the heart by someone who loves him. Yes. So, and then she sort of disappears with the same sort of <laughs> puff of smoke. Which is be constantly a- plaguing the Daninsky family, man. Constantly. Yeah. Don't know what the obsession is. No. You witches. Um, so skipping forward a lot more dialogue again we end up um, at the it's like a secret temple sort of thing where this witch lives and has a load of soldiers which I didn't quite understand either and she's a a bunch of female soldiers who are shirtless under their armour yay so (laughs) sorry I I just picked up the important facts yeah any titillation he's gonna find yeah it's <laughs> my job. Uh, so basically, she says she's going to help him and ends up locking him in a, in a cell and he transforms. And oh, this is another point. Right? How many fucking full moons are there in the Japan in a week? See, they're closer to the lunar cycle where they are on the planet, so it happens even more. Yeah. It just sort of moves with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, there's, uh, there's a couple <laughs> nights of the full moon. That's something Nashi also does too, where it's like. As the moon becomes fuller, the beast becomes stronger, but he transforms over a course of a couple of days as the moon becomes full, and then he's the strongest at a full, full moon. They do that sometimes as well. I'll let him off. Yeah. 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 There, there was a moon, all right? Just, yeah, just go with that. <laughs> so this brings me to one of the big talking points of this movie. It is basically the sorceress has been watching, uh, been reading far too much Jungle Book. And, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She just, for, for shits and giggles, just goes, fuck it, sets a tiger on him. And this scene is something else. Oh, it's fucking amazing. There's an actual dude in werewolf makeup wrestling an actual fucking tiger. Yes. And, <laughs> and it's not like every time you've seen this done in a film before where you've clearly got the tiger and the tiger's handler and they're clearly really good mates. And what the tiger's actually doing is play fighting and giving him a bit of a hug and then they just cut it cleverly and then use a bit of CG and it looks like he's being attacked hmm. There's, they're fucking going at it and you've got long takes and like the tiger looks like it's trying to hurt him and you're like is it not hurting him <laughs> it's, I mean the guy must have been wearing fucking Kevlar yeah. I, I, I don't oh, know he, he would have been padded up but it was speeded up a reasonable amount yeah it was oh, sped was, up a good bit yes it yeah. absolutely was right no, there, there was and, but, there was a bit of speed up. The only thing that was uh, for me that took me out of it was that Nashi's stunt double is not the same size as Nashi. No. <laughs> he, yeah, the guy he, that was fighting with the tiger was a bit taller and a little bit thinner and yeah. didn't have sh- as broad as shoulders. He's clearly. I think that this is a whoever it was. It wasn't necessarily a trainer. It might have been the owner and the tiger and him have been friends or been together so long that. There's that trust there where they can play that rough because they do. Yeah. The, yeah, the was, tiger fucking knocks him on his ass. Yeah, it's it biting like, his arm. It, I mean, it's like when your dog plays a bit too hard. You're like, ow, fucking, you know. Yeah. <laughs> there was a fair bit of that going on. And clearly the direction was, okay, do this thing you're going to do, but you basically got to get the thing to submit so it looks like you're biting its neck and it's not so happy. Um and you can see he has a couple of goes. That was almost like a wrestler trying to get a submission hold. Yeah, yeah. And then getting kicked out of the three count. Um, the Tiger's having none of it. It was heavenly yeah. none of it until the end. I, th- I think they may have actually drugged the Tiger and had the guy wrestling with it and trying to stay alive until the drugs took hold. And then when it laid down on its own, he just rode it down and started biting at the neck. 
Which magically well left no wound. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, maybe the prosthetics team didn't want to run in there and put a little bit of flesh on the tiger's it's, neck and paint it in. Uh, bit of or maybe pain. they didn't want to pay the hazard pay to get that to happen. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that was... It's it's impressive. Like, if you've never seen this movie, like, one reason alone to watch it is to see that scene, because I, 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 was, I was wincing the first time I watched it, and... The, the claws and the teeth and the... Ah! That's why I wouldn't have cats, personally. <clears throat> well, that's the reason why you have to respect them, because they are nature's little cutie poofy poofs, but they also have <laughs> razor blades at the end of their cute little paws. Yeah, but what the little fuckers do is they get on your lap, and when you stroke them and they're purring and they're nice and content, their way of saying thank you, this is such a lovely connecting experience, is to dig their fucking claws straight into your lap. Yeah. Wait, are we still talking about cats or women? Because either way, I'm into that. Yeah. Uh, knob scrubber. <laughs> knob scrubber. Um, yeah, so... Sorceress is a bitch, basically. She's trying to stitch him over, and uh, he ends up having a big fight with her, and she's wearing, a, basically, a see-through dressing gown. Yes. So I thought we should be enjoying this scene as well. And I did. Uh, thank you, much. movie. Hey, yeah. I like tits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't discount don't, me. Yeah, don't make me the only one. Yeah, we're all yeah. dirty, filthy perverts who love boobs. Yes. <laughs> and she had a magic ring. Did you notice that? Oh, she did. Yeah. She had a yes. I thought it was a mood ring. <laughs> <laughs> it was magic anyway. It scared him. Yeah. Uh... Obviously, he wins, bites her, kills her. It just to get into these situations, just like kills whoever the bad person is and moves on to the next scene. You're like, it's a bit like the end of Lord of the Rings. You're like, hold on, was that not the big fight set scene at the end? Oh, yeah, he kills all the guards as well, doesn't he? Yes, he does. <laughs> at the same time. That was pretty cool. The witches, uh, various lady ninjas fighting the werewolf. That was a really cool scene. I dug that quite a bit. Yeah. Mm. That was actually carrying us pretty well. Yeah, it's difficult to choreograph being attacked with swords and you've just got claws and nasty sharp pointy teeth um, <laughs> and that's what you've got to fight back with uh, it's like that's quite hard to choreograph and not look shit so I get, they get respect for that y y it's set up that somebody he loves has to kill him and the two people he's been schlepping around with for this whole movie we end up losing both of them in this last sort of half an hour of the film but like, you, you left out the bit where oh. she, she introduced the magic sword oh of course she did yes yes it's yeah, one of the, the titular characters <laughs> exactly <laughs> but it is the whole you must go to Mount Doom drop the ring <laughs> <laughs> talk to a guy called Gary um you know buy him an ice cream <laughs> Well, that sounds like an adventure I could actually get my hands around, <laughs> buying a Gary, guy named Gary an ice cream. <laughs> you know, it's all part of it. Very low risk. Yeah. I mean, it w would have been easy than what this poor shit had to go through. <laughs> um, and, and so while he has to go off on this quest of doom to get the magic sword, uh, his sister... <laughs> to, it's, it seems really rushed, this just, you know, ends up shacking up with, with Paul. With, with um, sorry, Voldemort. Voldemort. Valdemir. Valdemir. So, yeah, but I like the fact that Ken is like, he's just going, I, I can't do anything else. I'm going to go with brain surgery. And it pretty much sounded like he was going to go with an ice pick lobotomy, right? <laughs> His next, <laughs> next plan was an ice pick lobotomy. 
That is the name of the album for Wolfen Metal. <laughs> Wolfen Metal's first album will be Ice Pick Lobotomy. Yeah, so basically, but they're, they're having fun getting it on, and he goes up this mountain to get the sword and has to kill lots of demons on the way. They're like Noroi, aren't they? Oni. God. Oni, that's it. I was getting mixed up. Yeah, Oni guarding the sword. And the sword is on a lovely little elevator thing that mm. comes up out of the floor as you approach it. <laughs> the spotlight. Yes, the spotlight. I, I know that was super cheesy, but I dug all of that sequence. Fighting the Oni, <laughs> the yeah. a sword just suddenly appearing once you've reached your goal. It was super cool to me. Yes. It's very computer game, isn't it? Yeah, but it's like, it's predates that, so it has this very, like, arthurial... No, yeah, you know, it, like, it, it's Excalibur. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. 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 I think I even wrote, and, is the Silver Catan Excalibur? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, actually, when he's fighting the one with the orange hair, first of all, I'm like, how can you fight without much hair on your face? Uh, <laughs> the other thing was... Um, he gets attacked by lethal candy floss before he before he gets to the sword. Yeah, that's so that's that all about. That's very Japanese demon though. Mm. Um, I can't tell you specifically what that demon is called, but it, that is a very traditional looking demon. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that look. Probably in computer games, to be honest. <laughs> yes, uh, Samurai Showdown, to be exact. Ah, there we go. And is Candy Floss what I call cotton candy over here? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, just wanted to make sure. I thought so, but for the, for our listeners that don't speak Australian and or English dialect, it's... No, actually, actually <laughs> it's here, cotton candy. Actually, here it's called Fairy Floss. Is it? Yes. Oh. Yeah, you got the worst one out. Yeah. Yeah, yours sounds vaguely homophobic, and I don't like it, sir. I don't like it one bit. Knob scrubber. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you've won me over. More extraneous dialogue, and then basically just what we get told 40 minutes before this is that the one he's fallen in love with basically got to stab him through the heart. That's what she does. Get you know, like movie over. It, it finishes a bit damp squibby for me. Oh, they all um, finish this way. The, the melodrama and the love story coming to the Romeo and Juliet, where Juliet lives, usually has the baby of Romeo and then yeah. ends up stabbing him to make Romeo no longer a werewolf. That's the that's a a very reoccurring thing in a lot of these Nashy werewolf movies. Yeah. It, and then just burn the place down for good measure. Well, that's just good showmanship to burn the fucking <laughs> shit out of all the sets when you're done. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Fuck that. It's all single-use <laughs> stuff. So, having completely fucking butchered the format of our show, because <laughs> we haven't done it for so fucking long, um, what, are there any points remaining that you would like to highlight in our knock three times before you leave section as I round this mess up. Three times you shall knock before you leave. Five is too many. Two is too few. Three times thou shalt knock before thou shall leave. My number one thing about this movie, besides the werewolf versus tiger fight, which kicks ass, there's a sequence in this film where you get to see a fetus ripped from the womb and spiked like a fucking football. Yep. That is not something you will ever forget seeing. No. Mm. <laughs> Japanese home births are hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, which... 
Um, I also ha- had a note there about Japanese home births. And I think the only other thing is that if you're going to be a husky werewolf, silk black shirts are an absolute must. <laughs> it's a good look. A, a werewolf with a silky black shirt is amazing. Yeah, it's just... Well, I was just thinking, it's like the 16th century equivalent of the black leather jacket, isn't it, really? <laughs> I was thinking that it's like a Vampire the Masquerade for werewolves is how he's dressing. You know, like he has to be all gothy when he transforms. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so I think my point would be, if I was a wolf, and uh, like him, and I had sensitive teeth like he clearly had, I would need all clothing well away from the neck area before I would chomp down on my, my victim with my delicate teethsies. Um, except, of course, when it's a fully armoured dude, in which case it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> or a tasty, tasty prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> what about a tasty, tasty knob scrubber? Mm, <laughs> got another one cool yeah which is in this movie monologue every step of their plan in extreme dial in extreme detail every time have you noticed that yeah <laughs> every single witch like it, the very first one who lays the curse on she explains to us in loving detail how the curse is going to work what god she's going to summon up then she does it and then explains in detail afterwards what the curse entails to the woman after she stabs her the witch at the end, everything she's doing, every step of her plan, including how to control the werewolf, is monologued in great detail. Black magic is hard work. Particularly <laughs> when it's in the original Spanish, That's right? exactly. Spanish black magic, extra hard. So you've got to make sure <laughs> that people know how much work went into it and what you're going to get out of it at, at the end. You've got to get credit where it's due. Yeah. we got another one, witch? Um... Yeah, look, I think there needs to be uh, more ghost fights. I I want more acrobatic ghost fights in movies um, and more candy floss throwing stuff. I think that that, that should be the weapon of choice for all things. Cool. Imagine one that would act like a flying guillotine of candy floss where it just wraps around your head and pulls it off. That'd be amazing. That would be awesome. We, we have to cover that movie at some point because I hadn't seen it, I realised, and now I've seen part of it and I have things to say. But I'm going to save that in case we do do that show one day. <laughs> if only you had a pick every three months when we were supposed to be doing this. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. If only. Mm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> After tonight, might not be anymore. Um, so, <laughs> so, my question, when Baby Car existed, right? Yes. Why, why do we get, like, bloody throat rips and mutilated corpses in this movie, but absolutely bloodless sword chops? Was it just they hadn't worked out the hydraulic mechanism for squirting blood? Uh, is, that, is that it? I'm going to say probably budget. They spent yeah. most of it on making the werewolf and doing both of the, the scenery and all of that kind of stuff. And they just kind of skimped on the blood. Yeah, plus, plus blood is hard to wash out of stuff. Yeah, so they had to do multiple takes of the samurai fight, and they probably didn't want to stain their clothes. Yeah, yeah. Mm. you're gonna you're gonna ruin costumes and all that sort of stuff with you spraying blood everywhere. Not that I'm against you know ridiculous fountains of blood. I think they're awesome. Um, but yeah, my guess is they just went that. Hence the the only real blood you see in a fight is a on a prostitute or b when a shuriken hits a boob. Yes. <laughs> You can just wipe that off. Is that your last point? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I've got cool. one left and I'm done, yeah. Go for it. 
All right, so the front fact, uh, so the front section of this film feels like a medieval version of Downton Abbey to me. <laughs> <laughs> it is like three movies in one, really, or maybe four, actually. Yeah, I think he had like three or four different versions of this story he wanted to tell. You know, where like maybe he travels in one and all of that, where it would be like a three-part movie. And he ran out of time and money, and the Japanese financiers are like, just make it all one movie. Mm. And that's why it's like over goddamn two hours. (laughs) (laughs) And it has all of this stuff and all of this like history and stuff built into it. Yeah, the Japanese backers just went, we're only paying for the Japanese bit, right? So your other stuff, (laughs) that's on you. So I suggest you just cut it right down. Keep it all in Japan. Don't worry about facts like how does he learn Japanese. Um, We're just going to go. Yeah. Shut up, that's why. Yeah, and yeah. Y- you're paying for the overdubs and the translation, and we're not actually going to tell you what anybody said. <laughs> yeah, so just do it. <laughs> you literally just put words in their mouths. Just just put in more more knob scrubbers, all right? That's all we want. Yeah. <laughs> that would be my only note if I were the producer. Needs more knob scrubbing. <laughs> more knob scrub, definitely. Yeah. And as a my last one was just why when samurai are the most proficient swordsmen in history... Couldn't a single one of them get a clean enough neck shot to fucking decapitate him and just end it all there? Because I, I, I'm convinced a head removal trumps being stabbed through the heart by a loved one. Your head's not going to grow back. No, but um, he was—he uh, was immune. It will on his werewolf. He was immune to all other weapons except the silver, silver weapon from the so from these loved ones. It would have yep. just—you're uh, telling me that? Uh, oh shit! I've forgotten the name now. Kata- What's the one in Kill Bill? A katana. The, he, a Tori Hanzo. A Tori, a Tori Hanzo. Hanzo sword would have just bounced off his neck. Yes. Yes. So Voldemort is bulletproof. Yes. yes. Right. Okay. Except, except for that little, you know, pentagram shape. That that that's his Achilles heel. For silver only. And only with someone who loves him. Yeah. Otherwise, he's an invulnerable, cursed beast that runs around wantonly killing by chomping the net meat of prostitutes. Yes, he is a prostitute killing machine. <laughs> Which you have a lot in common with him. I do. <laughs> <laughs> and on that charming note, let's get our scores for this. So, uh, Court, what are you going to give this and out of what? I'm going to give it 9 out of 10 knob scrubbers. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you just stole witches. <laughs> I know I did. That's why I'm glad you got me first. Uh, I'm going to be nice and not go last for once. Uh, I give it 38 resting cunt faces out of 50 permanently furrowed eyebrows. (laughs) I don't know how that works, but I think you liked it. (laughs) Adwitch, what's your score? And I give it 9 out of 11 Japanese home births. (laughs) With a three-point conversion. That's a dark place, dog. So, whose fucking turn is it next? Mine. <laughs> right. And have, have you picked one? Did we know what we're doing, or we're we just going to make them wait and see as usual? Well, just wait and see. That requires okay. forward planning. I don't even know what I'm doing for the rest of the day. All right. S- spoiler alert: It'll have knob scrubbing in it. <laughs> Only if we're lucky. There we go. <laughs> So, ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoyed this, um, I'd be really fucking surprised. Uh, if you want to put your own personal knob-scrubbing stories on the Facebook group, go to the Obsessive Cinema Discourse Facebook group and put it there. I don't think we have an email because we don't care that much. And thank you very much for joining us. And uh, we will see you next time.
don't forget, you can find our perfect and pristine Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash obsessive cinema discourse. And if you think we missed something on any episode, <laughs> yeah, as if, uh, please do email us at ocinemad at gmail.com and bring your own particular OCD into the light. Or was it ocinemad at Maybe it was O Cinemad at. Oh, I know. Maybe it was more like Oc I'm Mad at. Or were we thinking O Sign Madi? We actually do have an email. Yeah, we do. <laughs> I have it programmed on my phone. No one else gives a fuck that we have an email, but we do have an email. Oh, well, I'm putting this after the credits then. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, I'm a knob scrubber. Fucking hell, that was terrible. Sorry. <laughs> I had no intention of going through the movie. Why did I start going through the fucking movie? I've, I'm honestly, guys, my brain is scrambled. You know, no trolling me here now, okay? Mm. <clears throat> right, I might need a couple of takes of this. <laughs> Como estáis y bienvenido. A bo- it up already. <laughs> you can see where I'm going with this. Yes. No pressure. No pressure. No pressure, boss.